Welcome to another NCBI podcast. NCBI is the Irish National Sight Loss Agency. We are a not-for-profit charity which offers support and services to people of all ages who are experiencing difficulties with their eyesight. If you would like more information on our services, please visit www.ncbi.ie. Hi everyone, my name is Kevin Kelly. I'm the Head of Advocacy with the NCBI. Over the next uh, few weeks during the coronavirus crisis, we're going to reach out to a number of people who are blind and vision impaired to see how they're coping with our new reality um, in Ireland and you never know, across the world. Um, Of course, check out ncbi.ie or any of our social media channels for all of our new content during this period. Today, we thought uh, we would uh, check in with NCBI board member and Vision Sports board member and Paralympic athlete, uh, Jason Smith. Uh, Jason, how are you? Very well. How are you? Good, good. Um, Of course, we're all trying to adapt uh, to the new uh, government uh, restrictions. Uh, When you're a professional uh, athlete, that must be quite a challenge. Yeah, it certainly is. I think it's something... um I suppose all the the athletes are are finding somewhat difficult. That we know, obviously, recently we've heard the Olympics and um, Paralympics are postponed now till twenty twenty one. But the reality is, the preparation you do now um, impacts next next year. And I suppose the big challenge with it is, it's, this isn't a two or three week issue. This can turn into weeks and weeks. So the longer that goes on. Uh, the more of an impact it has or can have. So, yeah, I think as as athletes, depending on what sports you do, you have different challenges. Um, but it's trying to somewhat maintain where you're at um, and minimise the amount you drop off. Um, which you know, as as everybody's experience in in um, what the normal used to be, there's there's certainly challenges around that. Indeed, there is, uh, Jason, and uh, I suppose uh, in preparing for the interview uh, today, I was kind of thinking and trying to put myself into the shoes of a professional athlete, and uh, for me, one of the biggest adjustments is being in the house a lot more and not having the freedom. That must really be difficult uh, mentally uh, for someone like yourself. Yeah, it is, and again, for for me... um so I'm I'm living up north. So I know our our restrictions are quite as strict. Um, where where I know down south you've got to be within in two miles, um, of your house other than going shopping. So for me, things like gym, um, so the the organisation Athletics Northern Ireland up here have given me um a bunch of gym equipment like Olympic bars, plates, squat racks. So I've actually got that, um at the house here, um, using it outside in the in the back garden. So it's somewhat how you adapt to gym. Um, I also live within a few miles of a track. Um, so for my once a day exercise, I tend to, to go to the track on the days that um, I've got a running session. So for me, I am as much as possible trying to... Um, maintain what i am doing obviously it's it's not the same um but i think i'm probably um somewhat able to keep things normal compared to other people in other situations which probably um, helps in preparation but i think mentally um helps to keep what keep things somewhat normal and again we all know the the benefits um 
that exercise has on the um, the mental side of for everybody's mentality. Um, and I think probably this this change of everybody being locked at home actually, in somewhat, if you take the opportunity to exercise and um, uh, take the opportunity to reevaluate some of the important things in life, you know, there's 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 opportunities in that. There certainly are, and just taking uh, from what you uh, said there, Jason, uh, up until this uh, point, uh, you would have been going out to do uh, all of your training, so you've readjusted that, doing a lot more um, at home. Yeah, I've had no choice. Um, I it's, it's, As I say, I'm out at the track a few times a week. Other than that, um, I'm not out at all. Gyms at home, I would have, you know, you look at athletes, you would have had a lot of support around um physio support we don't have any access to that even gym strength and conditioning we would have a coach there that uh, keeps an eye on things we don't have that um even when i'm out doing some sessions um it's literally just me so it it um it is very very much changed um and as i say i'm literally out to do a few runs other than that like anybody else um, out to get food um, and re- really locked down to to doing that and that only. Yeah, and are you able to keep in contact uh, with your coaches and other people involved uh, in maintaining uh, your performance uh, through WhatsApp and other modes of uh, communications? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the um, obviously great things with the with technology is the ability to to keep and communicate and access anybody. I think the the challenge definitely lies in, uh, um, I mean, when you look at sport and people at that level, a lot of it's around feedback. Um, and we're, we're talking about, you know, as, as athletes, we're, we're working in these small percentages and those small percentages, a big part of that is is feedback and looking at, you know, not just what I see and feel, but what a coach sees and feel and how that comes together to, to move and forward and finding those extra percents. And um, obviously we've got wave challenges around that um, now. And that's why I said a little earlier, this, this period for me seems about um, success is about maintaining where you're at um, and minimizing how much you drop off where normally in any other year, this is a, a period I was supposed to be heading to the States today and, and preparing for warm weather training and into competition is a period where we're really starting to kick on as we had the early season. Um, this now turns into a period of maintaining, minimize the drop off. And if things change in a month or two, you're still in, in touch and distance to be able to go on and um, perform in the summer. Um, I suppose the other big risk of, of this period without support then becomes for athletes is, is also number one, not training, but number two, getting injured because we don't have the support around us. Indeed, and I suppose that's a, a fear that you uh, live with if you pick up a slight uh, tweak in the next uh, couple of weeks is getting access uh, to the medical care, whether that be physio or uh, a doctor. It, it, it must be in the back of your mind quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that that then impacts on what you do over the next number of weeks and months. Um, because again, at that level, we're trying to get as close to that line at being max or being at 100%, but obviously being close to that line 
runs a risk of slightly going over it, which means getting injured. Um, and when you consider um, I have access to treatment that I'm usually getting twice a week, and now all of a sudden um, I've you go to zero per week, and that could turn into, um, I think I haven't had treatment in about four weeks, and that could turn into another 48 weeks. So you, you all of a sudden you could be sitting at going from getting treatment twice a week to getting treatment um, none in 12 weeks, which is almost a quarter of the year. And, and that can have a big impact on how athletes um, prepare. Um, and, you know, it, it is an interest. This this whole year and the year and a half leading up to the Games is, is going to be quite interesting because there's lots of reasons why athletes can get things wrong by under-training because they can't. And for those that do continue to train, then the risk of getting injured increases. So, um, yeah, without doubt, uh, tough times for for athletes in, in preparing for, you know, the Paralympics next year. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, many people um, who are listening uh, to this piece uh, before we move on to kind of the Paralympics uh, and, and your hopes there is what is an average day for someone like yourself uh, involved when you get up? If you could take us through a typical day in terms of uh, training. Um, yeah, so I um, I mean, I generally train six days a week on those, those days. Um, some days would be harder days than others. So we, I tend to work on that two days hard, an easier day, two days hard, an easier day, a day off. And, um, I think one of the important things that, that people often don't realize is, um, it's not just about what you do training. It's also about how you recover because how you recover allows you to come back and train at that high intensity. Um, but for me, for example, um, an average day when we have no coronavirus is um, I generally head to the sports institute uh, up in Belfast. Um, I usually have treatment um, in the morning, say 10 to 11. That would include a bit of treatment and some yoga and mobility. Then I would have a track session. That could be something like sprinting out of blocks. That probably lasts from about 11 to maybe 1.30. I'd then usually grab lunch for about half an hour to, to two. Um, then I would have gym. Um, so strength and conditioning with abs and core at the end. is probably takes me to about four, maybe half four, depending on the session. So as you can see, right away there you've you've got a um somewhat of a full day of training um and obviously it can be quite tough on the body and even back to what i was saying about the risks of getting injured when you start looking at the load that that you're doing and, and regularly doing um so yeah like that's always that i find one of the interesting things is people see the paralympic games for example and you see those 10 seconds if you run down the track and you think oh that looks uh that looks great, but what you, what nobody sees is you know the three hundred and sixty odd days that lead you up to that point where all the work has to go in, where all the sacrifices have to go in. You know we often see those glory moments and the excitement moments, but um, 
usually what happens between now and then is it what sets you up to to be successful yes in those moments there's a mental aspect of it but the preparation really is is key to set the platform for performing I can certainly uh, r- relate uh, to that, um, having played a bit of uh, uh, blind football. It's the dedication and the commitment that uh, is required to get to uh, at a certain uh, level that I certainly uh, uh, struggle with. Uh, you start off uh, for a period of time and then uh, life takes over and other interests uh, come in and the training pattern and everything uh, begins to uh, slip. And I think uh, sometimes, as you say, people take the effort to be involved in uh, high-level uh, support uh, for granted and they don't realise the sacrifices that you have to make along the way. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, um, uh, Jason, um, it's been in the media over the last couple of weeks now and it was confirmed earlier this week that the Paralympics have been moved to uh, next uh, summer. Um there was a couple of weeks where there was a lot of uncertainty as to what was going to happen. I know you had already reached your qualifying uh, time for your own uh, discipline. Um, how much of an impact did that uncertainty have on you? Um, I'd say it didn't um, have any impact on me. As you say, I had already qualified, so all my preparation is around building for that moment and being ready for August. Um Obviously, when you when you look at athletes who were trying to chase a qualification, and I've said this before to other people, is in this moment of of, of uncertainty, if you're where you need to be or ahead of where you need to be, then um, you're under less pressure um, when things go wrong, like what is going around or is going on. Um, but when you're trying to chase something or force something. Then when things when things do go wrong, you know it, it can be very difficult to deal with. Um, so as I say, I was I was fortunate enough that I was in that situation. Honestly, when most athletes, when you step back and kind of look at it, you you're finding it harder and harder to believe that the games are going to happen in the summer. When you you know I knew of other sports that this whole year that athletes were supposed to be qualifying for games or champ- the the games that. Uh, competitions were just being cancelled everywhere so you kind of knew that something was going to happen but you kind of just also have to keep uh, ticking away and and preparing that that nothing nothing is changing and and to be honest even the games have changed it's not really changing the way I'm going to prepare this year either because um, I'm going to still prepare to run fast in the in the summer because again when we step back another year, what happens this year sets the foundations for performing next year. So I think that the, the also risk of the games being cancelled means people think, you know, we can we can ease off. We can, you know, take it easier a little bit now because we're not under pressure to to hit a standard, hit a qualification in the summer. But, you know, this sets the foundation for, for next year. When we talk about a quarter of this year could be lost um you know that is quite a big impact and you know let's be honest we have no guarantee that in six months that we don't see um more issues around this as well so um for me it's continuing to try prepare as normal as possible regardless of the situation which is easier said than done 
It certainly is, uh, Jason. And at this juncture, um, do you know, or is it still to be uh, worked out? Will your qualification uh, time uh, stand, or will you have to re-qualify? Um, at this stage, I don't know. I think, obviously, with them just um, getting dates for the games is probably where their priority was. And I'd say over the next weeks and months, we'll start to um, hear and see what the the qualification process now is i if you're going to ask my my i would assume they will probably just somewhat um forget about this year so i still think um qualifying last year at world championships will probably still be fine for next year um so i think for those who've qualified i i think you're not going to be in much a different situation. I think the issue still lays for for those who haven't qualified and now what the qualification process starts to look look like, which again becomes a little bit harder for people to prepare because it's an unknown. Where for me, if I'm just looking at the game starting at the end of August, that's just simply what I'm preparing for. Yeah, and uh, Jason, I was reading another um, article that you did in recent days uh, for um, News Talk, and you were talking about being an, uh, a year older. And uh, is that something that's also at the back of uh, your mind as well? Because uh, you are quite an experienced uh, athlete uh, and have been uh, to Paralympics uh, before. Yeah, uh, you know, it's something as, as I get towards the end of my career. Um, that I've always, well, when we look at any sport or anything, the first thing to go as people get older is speed. So um, the reality is if I lose speed, I'm in a bit of trouble. Um, So, you know, I always knew heading into Tokyo, uh, I would be, I think, well, as as, as athletes, we're always looking at Olympic and Paralympic cycles because that's the, the main thing. So I always knew Tokyo would be, Let's get to Tokyo and um, start looking beyond. You know, is another four-year cycle realistic? Um, I'm 32 in July, so um, you're talking, you know, I'd be 36. Actually, maybe this sounds silly now. I'm 33 in July or 32 in July. I can't remember. It all seems to be mushing the same. So 36. So by the time the next games is 36, 37. So, you know, you generally look at sport and people are, are past their peak. So, um, yeah, I nearly always had thought I'll get to Tokyo, see where I'm at. The faster I run by Tokyo increases the likelihood of another four years. But realistically, I may have to look at, you know, smaller steps like one or two years. Um, so it does change things and it doesn't. I mean, I don't. I don't think another year heading to Tokyo next year will make a huge impact. Um, honestly, I'm in really good shape this year, probably the best shape I've been in in quite a while. So that sets, you know, puts me in good place looking into next year and possibly looking at beyond. But as I say, it becomes less of a looking four years down the line and, and starting to look at a s- smaller time, time periods. Um, but, I mean, there's this balance too. Because, I mean, I've obviously been very fortunate to be very successful. And um, you also want to pick the right time to to get out and leave. Um, often in sport, people, we continue to, you know, ah, there's one more year and there's one more year. Um, 
and then you start to see people slowly drift away and, and performances drop. So I'd also like to get the timing of it right of getting out um, at a high place. Again, very easy said and hard to do. So there's a balance of 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 that and, and the uncertainty of what my next step and I suppose my career is going to be beyond sport. Great, Jason. Uh, I, I found the conversation uh, with you today really interesting and I'm sure people who are listening uh, will too. Just before we uh, wrap up, two very uh, kind of quick questions that I would like to cover. I mentioned at the outset that you are uh, board director of NCBI and as people will now know, Vision Sports uh, is now part of the uh, NCBI family and I know Vision Sports is uh, an organisation that is very close to your uh, own heart. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first got involved in um, sport and into, into para sport back in 2005 would have been down, um, would have came through the lines of, of which was then uh, Irish blind sports, now vision sports. Um, so yeah, for me, that's where I suppose those first steps into my whole journey within Paralympics and, and the success I've had. So yeah, absolutely. Um, close to my heart and I think for me probably one of the the things that this whole journey in sport um I think I've learned a lot um it's very much made me who I am and I see the benefits of from my own experience the benefits sport can have and you know maybe sport at that level but sport at all levels just exercise and being fit and healthy we look at physical mental social you know there's so many positive impacts and sport has given me so much and i think for me i i kind of want or hope other people um will see what sport can bring them um and the power that that can do in, in changing people's lives and and for me trying to use my platform to to try give people similar um opportunities Great. And uh, finally, I suppose, uh, have you any kind of uh, hints and tips uh, for people uh, who uh, want to stay somewhat active and simple things that they could do um, at home? Yeah, um, I think it all depends on on what you like doing. I think for me, I when I think of exercising, and I know a lot of people look at it and also don't enjoy it, but it's all oh, it's trying to find what you enjoy within it. Um, you know, for example, people say I don't like going for long runs, and neither do I, and I don't. But you know, there's a way around that. Is in 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 a sprinter does sh- short runs, um, faster, shorter recovery. So. Um, being locked down to your house obviously is a bit more restricted but when you, you the reality is with what we kind of talked about earlier with technology is you can access any information um, and the information I mean I don't know any specific stuff but are out there for for following along on workouts you know it can be stuff to do with boxing it can be stuff to do with running it can be stuff to do with just gym exercises um, so I, th- I think the important thing is is to find what you enjoy and to, to try different things and um, make the most of the opportunity and the time we have to to do something um, and make positive changes. You know, I think the, the, the important thing is not just looking at these changes now, but 
you know, making lifestyle changes that um, are something that are ongoing and for the future. Yeah, I think that's uh, very uh, sage uh, advice, uh, Jason. And uh, I know that uh, Vision Sports, uh, in conjunction with uh, some NCBI staff, are developing a number of indoor uh, workouts that we'll be pushing out across our, our website and social media. So I think people will be able to utilize those in the days and weeks ahead. Finally, I just want to thank you for your time today, Jason. Pleasure. Thank you. Great. That was uh, myself, Kevin Kelly, in conversation with uh, Jason Smith, Paralympic athlete and NCBI and Vision Sports Board Director. Stay tuned to our Facebook and our other social media platforms over the coming uh, days and weeks for further uh, interviews uh, with people who are blind and vision impaired at this very uncertain time. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, please subscribe. To support NCBI, please visit www.donate.ncbi.ie.